Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor. I'm the pastor here at Calvary Chapel in Aurora, Colorado, and grateful to be on the air with you live Taking your calls and questions, the number to dial is 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. When you call that number, we'll have friendly Frank answering the phone, taking your information, putting you into the system. And then we'll take the calls one by one, answering your questions, praying together, whatever the Lord would have for us in this particular episode because we prayed for that. We prayed for God's will to be unfolded during the during the show and uh, what 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 he might want to not only talk to us in relationship to um, to the program but also people listening in and what uh, what the Lord wants to do in ministering to those listening in to Grace FM, to Hope FM, to Truth FM, and also online, and uh, you can listen to this radio station streaming online uh, here in Colorado at gracefm.com, gracefm.com, 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000, and then also while we're waiting for phone calls to come in, uh, you can text me, and we just kind of let the text um fill the inbox, and when there is a lull in the show, we go to the text and try to answer them. Uh, So if you do text something in, it's good to listen to the show to hear the answer. Uh, Sometimes we're not able to answer every text, so please don't be disappointed. Uh, We primarily use them to fill in time, Uh, but if we can, uh, we'll try to answer them even off the air. Uh, So that number is 720-336-0897. 7203360897 So a lot happening uh with me as of late I just returned from a missionary trip in Bangkok Thailand with our missions pastor JJ uh we went out to see the work that's going on at Calvary Chapel Bangkok and also to encourage our missionaries we actually have five missionaries there, um, four in one family, and another young lady that is serving. And we, uh, it, I mean, it's a it's a long trip. It's a long airline trip for sure. Uh, with quick turnaround times, I'm still jet lagging a little bit. Uh, I arrived back home on Monday. Uh, but our former missions pastor, Dave Gordon, and his wife, Ida, they moved to to Bangkok with the hopes of ministering the gospel there, and in ministering the gospel there, they are planting a church, and uh, they have a facility there, uh, and some neat outreaches, teaching English to the locals of all kinds of nationalities, 
uh, using the Bible as the primary tool. And um, it is a fascinating uh, work that they're doing there in that facility. Uh, another young man we met there, his name is Tyler. Uh, he's the one that oversees the the building and is ministering through teaching English. And uh, it was just great. And then uh, we served uh, alongside Deneen, uh, who is working in a variety of different places within uh, Bangkok. Uh, she, she's working in foster care, uh, ministering in the unfortunate sex trade there, uh, ministering to the ladies and ministering to their families. And... Um, there's so much going on there, and we're so grateful uh, that that we went. Um, and one of the verses that comes to mind that would motivate us to go and visit our missionaries firsthand uh, is in Acts chapter 15, verse 36. It says, After some days, Paul said to Barnabas, Let's now go back and visit our brethren in every city where they preach the word of the Lord and see how they're doing. And And so we have sent out quite a few missionaries from the church here, and we are always, uh, you know, this is a new um, a new step for us to go and see them firsthand. I mean, we're always texting them, and, and phone calls, and, and email, and technology is amazing, um, but it's good, and, and also short-term trips, where we are able to take a short-term team there uh, and minister alongside of them, but this was a, this was a little different. Um, this was an opportunity to go with without a team and and just minister to them and encourage them and, and we took a, a couple suitcases filled with supplies for them uh, different things that they want it that, that they can't get there uh, that gives them a little bit of taste of home and and so at any rate it is good to be back I'm going to be back in the pulpit tonight at Calvary and Aurora as well as we're studying through the book of second Kings together. And it's just a glorious time uh, when we gather together on Wednesday. So you're more than welcome and invited to come tonight to our midweek Bible study, 7 p.m. Calvary Aurora is on Hampton, just one block east of Tower. And you can come a little early uh, and hang out in the cafe or just come up in the sanctuary and pray. Um, we'll, we'll, when we start the service together, we'll have a time of worship. We'll have a time of prayer, we'll have a time of communion, and a time of Bible study. And uh, God is just doing a phenomenal thing on Wednesday nights in our church, and we're grateful uh, to be a part of it. So give me a call, 303-690-3000. Let's go to line one is Raymond in Denver. Raymond, welcome to the program. Thank you. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. Hey, so I'm calling because, um, like I was telling the other gentleman, you know, I, I was raised Roman Catholic, and um, okay. as I got older, I learned more about Jesus and who was, and then I did some bad things in my life, and I ended up in prison, and, you know, everybody says, you go to every, whoever gets locked up, they always find God in the inside, and as soon as you come out, you forget who he is. Well, I kind of, I'm kind of guilty of that myself, but today I heard, you know, I've been praying about guidance and stuff like that. And then this morning I heard something, you know, I started thinking about, well, maybe let's go back to my old church, to the Catholic Church. And then I heard something on a different radio station about the Pope telling gay people that it's okay to be gay, love yourselves, because God made you that way. But then I started thinking, how could God, how can that be the truth if God put it in the Bible that says, do not lay with the man as with the woman, for it is an abomination to the Lord your God. 
So I was just a little bit confused, but at the same time, I felt kind of confirmed in what I should be following. You know what I mean? And I'm just trying oh, to, do you think that that would be a sign from God telling me, yes, Raymond, Christian, we have a relationship with God, not in a religion, is what I want. That's kind well, of I the message would. I got after hearing that, so kind of just need a little bit of guidance, maybe a push in the right direction. Well, I would definitely agree with the, the comment that and the, the truth that to follow to follow Jesus Christ as he requested and not man and not religion is super important. So that's that's absolutely true. And when you hear things being said, whether um, you know I as a pastor might say something on the radio or you read in an article, uh, the Pope would say something like this. We have to take everything that people say and uh, compare it to what the Bible says. And it doesn't really matter what status a person has or how revered a person might be. Um, everything that we say in, relate, in relation to who God is, how he relates to man, um, what his desire is for his creation, always has to be compared to what the scriptures say. Just like the Bible, they talks about um, the Bereans who were more fair-minded than those in Thessalonica because everything that Paul told them uh, and this is in, in the book of Acts, chapter 17, verse 11. Um, he says, these were, form, these were more fair-minded than those in Thessalonica in that they received the word with all readiness and searched the scriptures daily to find out whether these things were so. And, and with what the Pope said to this person, and, and it's not the first time that he's expressed a, an approval of the sin of homosexuality, uh, is easily dismissed by what the Bible teaches. Um, and, you know, I think that um, I would wholeheartedly disagree with the, the fact that God created a person uh, to live in rebellion against himself. Although, I know this is not what the Pope meant um, by the way his words were conveyed, but all of us were born in sin of some sort. We were all born separated by God. And, and so a person caught up in any sexual sin has to, has to leave the way they were born to be ruled and controlled by sin and to repent of their sins and walk in the freedom of Jesus Christ. Okay. So, I mean, I'm thinking, you know, that maybe this is a sign that, that that's what I need to be doing is, is following Jesus and not not adhering to what man says. Well, and I would say you, you don't even need a sign for that, brother. That's just the reality. That That is God's will for your life. Okay, well, thank you for your time and, and, and what you said. And can I just have a prayer request that you would pray for me to have strength and clarity in my thoughts and um, strength when it comes to temptations of, of a sexual nature? Because... Temptations, they're big time, and you know I'm a married man, and I do. I love my wife. I cherish my wife. We were married in a Christian church, and Great. we both believe in Jesus and stuff. And I just, I don't want to hurt her, and I know the things that go through my mind sometimes, you know, because of the life that I've lived before is, is residual of, of how I used to live my life, and I, I don't want to live that way. Okay, so let's I just pray. Would ask for prayer, for strength, and guidance. Okay, Father, I pray for Raymond as he is growing in his relationship with you and and just coming to terms with uh, things that he's hearing and learning how to search the scriptures and 
and then this personal temptation uh, that he battles and the desire to honor his wife, um, but more so to honor you with his life. Uh, and so I, I pray for an inner strength and fortitude. I pray, God, that um, as he turns his attention towards you and he's listening to the radio and he's growing in the Bible study and, and he's learning more and more about who you are and what that means for his life, uh, that that he would be farther and farther away from the power of temptation and that you would fill him with your Holy Spirit, helping him to grow in grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor, so much. And, you know, I really appreciate your program and all that you do. Um, it gives me a lot of insight when I do listen, and I really appreciate you. May God great. Thanks, to brother. bless you and all that you do. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great day. Bye. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000, I see a text come in. It says, will you be doing baptisms at the reservoir this summer? Uh, no, we. this is another summer where we won't be doing baptisms at the reservoir. Um, they changed their policy a couple years ago uh, at the Aurora Reservoir that we just haven't been able to uh, negotiate with them. Um, they, I, I, I don't want to misquote the number, but the price to use the reservoir uh, has increased overwhelmingly high. Um, in my mind, I, I want to say it was seven times higher. I mean, it's a very high number. Uh, and 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 we just found that we were being able to do the baptisms in the sanctuary. Uh, we, we want to do the baptisms at the reservoir, believe me. Um, but because of the amount of people we expect... They have changed their whole matrix of how they charge and what they do. And uh, even though we don't take the whole reservoir, even though we don't close down all the, we, we don't do anything except use the top side and uh, uh, and then go down and water baptize on a section of the water. Um, they they charge as if we're taking out, we're, we're going to close the whole thing down. And it's, it's very, very expensive. So for you that text, would you just pray for us? Uh, that God would open the door and that we could come to a reasonable. Uh, we definitely don't want it for free, and we've never had it for free. Um, we want a reasonable uh, meet-in-the-middle kind of price uh, that would uh, be good stewards of the resources that God has entrusted to us and let us go back out there. We miss being that public display in a more public way. I mean, you know, we now have three baptismals that we use in our sanctuary uh, and we baptize at least four times a year and we probably do about 150 to 200. Well, this last one was kind of lighter, um, but just pray for us, would you? But thanks for texting. Uh, we're, our next baptism, I just saw the date come through, actually. Uh, we set the date. Uh, it's July 25th is our next baptism. It'll be at our church. Uh, and it's always a glory. I mean, it's still such a wonderful thing. We couldn't do baptisms in the building before, but it is so much fun. And such a glorious event, such an opportunity uh, to invite your family and friends. And, and the gospel is preached, and people always respond to the gospel uh, at, at the actual baptism event. And then, and then our tradition is that if you, re, if you respond to the invitation and you, you get saved right there in that service, you get to be baptized first. So really cool. Uh, here's a request, too, as, as the phones are ringing. Give me a call at 303-690-3000. Uh, pray for the graduates of the Air Force Academy class. 
Uh, and so let's do that. Father, we are grateful for the men and women, especially as we're coming up on Memorial Day, um, the men and women that serve our country uh, and and faithfully fulfill their responsibility and calling within our military. Um, and because of their faithfulness, we experience the freedoms that we have. And there's a whole new class, God, as you well know, that is graduating the Air Force Academy and, and have... Uh, accomplished all and and succeeded with all the rigorous requirements uh, that come with being in the academy. And so we just pray for wisdom and protection in their lives um, as they venture off into the different directions of their life, that you would bless them and the the teachers and the professors and and all that goes on uh, with our friends down in Colorado Springs and we're so grateful for for every all of those men and women in the military up here in Aurora, um, you know, in Buckley, and down in Colorado Springs, uh, and I I know that um, it's not an easy calling, and it's not an easy place to shine the light of the gospel, but but you show yourself faithful in places that are not easy. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. 303-690-3000. We have, <clears throat> we have Hoot is calling from Greeley. Uh, Hoot, welcome to the program. Thank you. I, I was just going to make a comment that young man that called in and talking about the, being a little confused about the Pope telling people that God created them as homosexuals and things of that nature. Yes. Um, the center, the middle of the Bible is Psalms 118, verse 8. And very appropriately, from both directions, both ends, it says, put your trust in God and not in man. Mm. So <laughs> I think that's pretty self-explanatory to me anyway. And, and I don't yeah. always adhere to that. I try harder and harder every day. I, I really think that God put that there for a good reason. So it it just amazes me that things have gotten so far away from the Bible and from God, and and it's no wonder that our young people are so confused and having such a hard time dealing with things that are going on when they get information like that. Yes, it's um, it's a, it's definitely a challenging time to be alive, and um, even as it was a challenging time for for when Jesus walked the earth, and challenging times uh, put us in a position to trust God more, and and to dive into what His Word has to say on the matter, uh, and that's a good verse that you shared. So thank you. You betcha. You have a great day. Okay, brother. God bless you. Bye bye. 303-690-3000 is the number taking your calls and your questions. And, and again, the, the lines are filling up a little slower today. So um, if, you've always, if, if you have uh, tried to get in past shows and haven't been able to or uh, maybe tried to get in yesterday uh, with, I think, I think Nate was, was hosting uh, and you weren't able to get through, you can call today. Um, if you want to be on the air with me, it's 303-690-3000. If you'd like to text me, it's 720-336-0897. Uh, 
of a text question that's come in. It says, what is the difference in the Old Testament when the Holy Spirit is upon someone or in someone? Uh, Well, there are definitely, as you read through the Bible, there are definitely different uh, experiences with the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, in relationship to the followers of God. Um, We know that after, between the Old Testament and the New Testament, specifically after the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, um, because after the death and resurrection and the ascension of Jesus Christ, with the exception of just a small group of people in John chapter 20, before the ascension, uh, Jesus uh, reveals the, the new relationship, uh, the new covenant, I should say, relationship with the Holy Spirit of that permanent indwelling so that now followers of Jesus Christ enjoy a permanent indwelling uh, of the Holy Spirit in our lives so that his life is actually becomes our life. And, at, and as the Holy Spirit is in us, he is able then to produce the fruit of the Holy Spirit in and through our lives. Um, the fruit of the Holy Spirit is uh, given to us in the book of Galatians where it says that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, uh, self-control against such there is no law. Whereas in the Old Testament, prior to the death, resurrection, and ascension of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit would come and empower a person for a particular task and did not permanently indwell believers in the Old Covenant. Uh, The Holy Spirit would come, uh, the Holy Spirit would empower, would equip for a particular task, and then would, would leave. Uh, and uh, one of the saddest passages in all the scriptures is in the life of Samson, where it reveals that S- Samson had uh, received the in- the empowering of the Holy Spirit in his life for the purpose of being a judge, but his s- sinful behavior was such that the Holy Spirit removed himself from Samson, and Samson didn't even know. Uh, and so in the Old Covenant... It appears that the Holy Spirit would come and empower for a particular task or time period and then and then leave. Whereas in the New Covenant, uh, after the death, resurrection of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit comes into a person to permanently abide in us, in a, in a believer. And the Holy Spirit will not leave us uh, and forsake us as true believers. Great question. It's good, good stuff. 303-690-3000. Uh, we're going to go on to line one is Pearl in Denver. Pearl, welcome to the program. Hey, hey, Pastor Ed. How the heck are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. Um, so I have a question about the millennial reign. Um, okay. So during the thousand years when uh, obviously people are still going to be alive, being born, Will those people die during that millennial year, or will they live to be a thousand years? That is a good question. I don't think, let me see, I don't think the Bible addresses that question particularly, but uh-huh. as I re- put as I put things together, uh, I am I am going to say without looking it up that they will live for the entire millennial period. Wow. So they're going to be, so 
children that are going to be born are going to live to be a thousand years old then. Yeah, but I think it's going to be a different experience. You know, it's going to be different. Okay. The the kingdom age that's promised in the Old Testament is going to be a different experience uh, than than what we experience today. There's going to be similarities, but there's also going to be differences. Um, but that's a good question. Uh, I'm going to have to think about that one. That's my initial thought. I might be incorrect, but that's my initial thought. Um, okay. And I'm sure there's a passage that that would speak to it. So maybe during the break, I will look something up and see if I can find something more definitive. Okay, that would be awesome. I mean, um, the lion's going to lie down with the lamb. You know, you're not going to have ferocious animals. Um, you, you're not going to have snakes like rattlesnakes that bite you and kill you. Um, it's a different experience and existence as Jesus Christ rules and reigns for those thousand years. Okay. Well, that would be very interesting to see a thousand-year-old person. <laughs> I, and I wonder if age will be, um, you know, I wonder if age will be a part of of that, um, because, um, you know, the the in the millennial, there's going to be those that come back with Christ. We're going to rule and reign with them for a thousand years. Um, you know, here, let me let me look at something real quick before you hang up. Isaiah sixty-five. Um, you know, because you get bits and pieces. Primarily, we we get the term millennium from Re- Revelation chapter twenty. Um, but here, in here's something I, I I knew it came. It says, "No more shall an infant from there live but a few days, nor an old man who has not fulfilled his days, uh, for the child shall die a hundred years old, but the sinner being a hundred years old shall be accursed." Hmm, that doesn't help much. Huh. Well, I guess this is that gonna be is one a... of those things we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, well, maybe the maybe the point of the millennial maybe the point of Isaiah sixty five is that um that um during that during the millennial period a hundred year old person will die as if they were a child, uh okay. and they'll live to the extent of the entirety of the millennial period. I'm gonna lean toward that um as the original answer, but I'm still gonna look some things up. I think it's a Okay. Um, it's a, so, it's a so good question. So we do know that it's going to be a thousand years, but so maybe time really isn't going to be an issue during that time. Well, I mean, maybe? it's it's definitely it's definitely going to be there. There but is time. We know that. Um, we definitely know there's time. However, there is uh, a uniqueness. Uh, s- s- yeah, this is this you you have hit on one of the most perplexing passages in the Bible. <laughs> That's a good and question. I have no idea. <laughs> here is uh here's a reference from the New Schofield Reference Bible. It says um that the kingdom age uh, is uh longevity will be restored, but death, the last enemy will not be destroyed until after Satan's rebellion at the end of the thousand years. Um Yeah, it's very interesting. I'm going to have to do okay. some looking up on this one. Okay. Well, and then you can just give me the answer when I see you at church on Sunday. <laughs> Fantastic. I hope I have one by then. Um, and also, I have a prayer request. I'm actually going to be moving to Washington State on June 2nd. And um, I've already found a Calvary Chapel in Squim, Washington, which is where I'm going to live, which is between Port Angeles and Port Townsend. 
So um, just for traveling mercies, and um, I've already found an apartment, um, sight unseen, but um, just pray that, you know, God would just um, open the doors and close the doors, and um, just for traveling mercies. Okay, we're coming up on the break, and so I will... um... I will pray as soon as we get back from the break. Okay, Pearl? Okay, sure. Thank you so much, and I'll hang up. Okay. God bless you. Okay, bye. Bye Bye-bye. Hey, you hear the music. We're coming up to the first and only break of our program. Give me a call. We have an open line, 303-690-3000. My name is Ed Taylor. You're listening to Calvary Live, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, welcome back to the second half of today's program. My name is Ed Taylor, taking your calls and your questions today. I am back from a mission trip of encouragement to our missionaries in Bangkok, Thailand, um, it's just a fascinating trip that God used in wonder, wonderful ways, uh, and a uh, little jet lagged. Uh, uh, these these trips are not easy, um, but they, but incredible, incredibly fruitful. Uh, and I'm grateful that uh, to be back. It was a very fruitful trip, uh, and and encouraging. Um, and by the way, Pearl, we got a text um, that that has, since death and the grave are not cast in the lake of fire until the end of the millennial reign, people will be born and continue to die, but it'll be different. Perhaps like the passage in Isaiah says, there'll be a full life and fullness years. Yeah, it's a, it's really a, a good passage that, um, a question that I've never heard before uh, and actually have never pondered uh, that I can recall before. And and I, I do like that input um, that... Uh, death and the grave are not cast into the until the end of the millennial reign. Um, that is good input. Input com- and even using Isaiah sixty-five. So, thank you for that for that input, and uh, I do like it. And so, um, I'm challenged. I like it. It's a good thing. Um, and you know, it's a reminder that we don't know everything. Um, and we're always learning and growing. That's the beauty of following Jesus Christ. He always has something, always has something new for us, and we get to grow and think things through biblically. You know, because uh, there are many times where questions aren't specifically answered by a scripture, but then we need to put together different biblical truths and come to a conclusion. Just like uh, this person uh, texts me. So thank you, thank you. Uh, Lord, we do pray, uh, Father, we pray for Pearl as she's launching off into a new season of her life uh, in the state of Washington, and that that she rented a place without seeing it, and is just stepping out in faith to um, finish her walk with you well in the state of Washington. So go before her, God, lead her and guide her, Uh, be that confirming presence in her life, and establish her, God, in, in what you've called her to, to be a part of. Establish her, Lord, in this new move uh, that you would bless her and go before her in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. 
All right, we're going to go to line two is John in Castle Rock. John, welcome to the program. Hey, how you doing there? I'm doing good. Good, good. Um, I go to Calvary Castle Rock there with uh, Dave Love, but hey, I have a it's, a, it's a friend that I'm going to meet up with tonight. Um, he's going through very similar marriage problems that my wife and I had, and we were so fortunate to come out um, stronger and better, and God was able to really reach me through that difficult time as I reached out to him and just humbled myself, and this other couple was just very similar, so I, I really feel led by God that I could be in a place where I could encourage him, and um, I'm just encouraging him and, and urging him to go to, to counseling and praying with him, and I've met with him a couple times, and he's agreed to meet with me again tonight, and he's pretty much made up his mind that he's going to get a divorce. And okay. I really see in himself like a sense of self-righteousness and this awful pride and a very religious attitude where he's exalting himself and his wife is the problem. And he's just stomping on relate. Uh-oh, I think we lost you, John. Still there? I hope you're listening on the radio because... Are you still there, John? Bummer. Uh, because there's a couple things I wanted to draw out for you before I pray for you. Um, the first one is is that we know that whenever divorce is on the table, uh, where, where, whenever it is mentioned, whenever it's uh, shared, and, and even when it's participated in the sin of divorce... Uh, we're dealing with hard hearts. And of all the things that you have described in, in him, just remember uh, that, that God is going to use you as a tool to deal with his hard heart. And there are different levels of communication with a person like this. There's a, uh, you know, you could start with a soft approach, and most likely it's going to be. Um, it sounds the way you're describing it, that the brother doesn't need so much encouragement, but he does, as he does, exhortation, uh, like a strong word. But you're get, just be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and, and don't be afraid. Um, don't be afraid. If that's him, you can put him back on. Um, John, are you back with us? Yeah. Hey, sorry. I'm driving in the backcountry here. And, um, did, you, did you happen to hear online yet? Uh, I mean, listening on the radio? <laughs> I turned it down so I didn't get the, okay. the back feed. I was <laughs> sorry. Okay, that's um, okay. So, I, I, yeah, so I the reality, bit, I, like, yeah, go ahead. yeah. I was just sharing with you that you're dealing with a hard heart. Yeah, um, exactly. that's the essence of it. That's what Jesus said. Jesus said that you know that divorce exists uh, because of the hardness of hearts. And and when you're talking to a brother like this, you know, I I think there are different ways. There are different levels of, of communication with him, you know, from a soft approach, encouragement, to a more strong approach, exhortation. And and you as you're talking to him and being sensitive to him uh, and where he's at, you know, you, you, you may find that the conversation has to get a little bit stronger uh, and mm -hmm. that you really need to speak um, to a place where you are um, taking a strong stand for the sanctity of marriage. You might start with the encouragement of your own your own marriage and how God worked things out, and and you may find yourself having to just really be strong with Him, um, and 
and talk to him about not not being comfortable with sin, uh, not being comfortable with um, just deciding I'm going to leave my wife, I'm going to deal treacherously. You know, the Bible says don't deal treacherously with the wife of your youth. Um, you know, don't don't treat her like this. And because she's treated you such, in such a way, gives us you know because someone sinned against us in no way gives us permission to sin against them. And mm-hmm. I'm thinking of this passage in Jude uh, where it says, uh, on some have compassion, making a distinction, but others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment defiled by the flesh. And he just shares that there are, there are, there are two significant ways to deal with people. Uh, one is compassion and soft approach and encouragement, and the other is, man, bro, this is my last chance effort to beg you <laughs> I feel not like to do this. I'm, I'm more towards the being uh, taking a stronger stance with him. I'm really feeling led by that, and I'm not looking to make a, another friend. Like I'm going to ask him, why do you think I'm investing all this time with you? And right, what, I agree. What is that in Jude? What it's um, Jude that? only has one chapter, but it's um, verses twenty-two and twenty-three. Okay, I'll and share that with him. I always like I to, kinda... um, I, I always like to to teach, you know, and remind myself. Even there are some conversations um, that that I would put my arm around you and we'd walk together, you know, like Jesus did in Luke twenty-four uh, with the men on the road to Emmaus, uh, and. And that's where you have compassion. You're just, you know, let's take a walk and talk about this. But there are other conversations where I've got to be right up in your face. And I don't mean that physically, like I'm, I want to <laughs> start a fight or anything. But it's like face-to-face. Like, we're not going to take a walk on this. We, we, I have to share hard things with you. And I'm going to beg I, you not to sin against God and your wife. I told him, you know, I, I would meet him where he's at. And I'll walk through this hardship with him. Um, and he keeps responding well, it's in God's hands. I'm, I have nothing to do with it. And then he's thinking God can work through me through a divorce. And it's just just totally skewed and a, a, a very religious. Uh, it's just like, man. Like, well, it's, it's man. <laughs> it, it's not, he's not speaking, you know, those kind of things are not speaking the word of God. And I have to say, just yeah. for you guys listening in, maybe you're also contemplating sin or, you know, I, I was, I'm getting this more and more where the Bible couldn't be clearer. Um, no, we're not even talking about gray areas, man. We're talking about like this, work it out, do what you can. Don't divorce. Don't like, this is clear. Uh, and you know, it's a, you've hit a real rough patch and, and you're, you say you're a believer. So I'm going to treat you like a believer. And I'm finding as a pastor in the last few years that I'm dealing more and more with people that are simply unwilling to submit to the obvious truth of the scriptures and they create all these well you know the lord will use me and he'll forgive me and you know and I, yeah. I i had one recently where i was speaking to a person and they were um they were making a choice of whether to commit adultery or not and and i so i we had this time of talking and then i said so what are you going to do and the person said i'm going to pray about it yeah and, that's what he said and i got a I'm little fired up if this is a good yeah. choice for me or not and I got I got a little fired up. I have to admit. And I said, "You're going to pray, you you." And I I really shared it with them in that sense. I mean, it wasn't I wasn't mean or anything, but I was strong. And I said, "I can't believe that you would say you're going to pray. What do you think God's going to say? I'll tell you right now. If you truly pray, God's already said. He's already revealed it in His Word. This isn't something you need to pray about. This is something you need to obey." 
Yeah. And, uh, All right. It's, I just share that with you, and for the sake of people listening in, like this is unfortunately becoming com- more common, uh, and all we can do is give them the truth and trust that God um, will use that truth in their life to bring them to a place of repentance, because the wages of sin is always mm-hmm. death. Always. Yeah. Well, okay. let's pray. What's, what's um, that? Let's pray. Yeah, that was great. I just wanted to... I want to be a tool that God could use me yes. in this instance. So I appreciate the, the words of encouragement there. You're welcome. So God, we, we pray for this meeting that's coming up and, and you already have gone before, you know, you, you've already, you, you, you have already set the table. Um, and even if this brother is still fighting and still resisting, uh, God, your word can penetrate even the hardest of hearts. And I pray for John who has a care and concern for his friend. Uh, it may not be interpreted that way, you know, his friend may think he's not his friend, and how could you say this? But I do pray, um, I think of Peter, when he was standing before the religious rulers, he said, whether I should obey God or man, you choose. Um, but but Peter chose to obey you, God, at whatever cost. And now you've brought John to a place where he's choosing to obey you at, at any cost for the sake of saving a marriage and for the sake of saving a brother from a series of decisions that could bring great greater damage, God, to you, to himself, to his wife, to his family, and to anyone else he comes in contact with, Lord, that he leaves these things un, un, um, uh, you know, he leaves them undone and just does his own thing and justifies um, his sin, Lord. And, and, and I, as I think of him, I think of myself, Lord, I don't want to develop a habit in my life where I justify sin. Uh, I don't want to develop a habit in my life, God, where you say something that's so clear, and I dismiss it. I pray for that that perseverance and that strength to obey you in every area. So use John, Lord, and we look forward to hearing a great report in Jesus' name. <laughs> Amen. Thank you. You're welcome. God bless <laughs> you. Thanks. Bye-bye. Hey, let's go ahead and move on to line three is Maggie. She's calling from North Glen, Colorado. Maggie, welcome to the program. Thanks, Ed. Um, we had talked, it was probably about a month or so ago, um, regarding how to walk in obedience to the Holy Spirit in strongholds, um, besetting sins. And you had explained that the Holy Spirit indwells us. So really what we're doing is making a choice. Um, you you were like, um, so do you, are you going to rob a bank today? And I'm like, no. Uh-huh. And he said, because, and the reason you said the reason is we do the things that we want to do and right. we don't do the things that we don't want to do. So, um, the subject was gluttony, um, and food addiction. I'll just say it that way. Um, okay. and then you had told me to call back so that we could kind of finish the discussion. It was at the end of the program. Um, and so right. how does that look? How do you, how do you put feet to that in the in that realm of relying on the spirit in something that you have to do every day unless you're yes. fasting? Yes, I, um, I think that I think that um, you know food using that as the example is so pervasive in our culture. Um, mm-hmm. We can't watch TV without thinking of food because of the commercials. We can't drive. Uh, in our neighborhoods without thinking of food because, you know, yellow and red signs 
uh, catch our eye, even though it's fast food and we may not even preferably want fast food, the, our whole our whole society is built on marketing to catch our eye, catch our ear, even catch our nose uh, with the different man-made smells that are used uh, to entice us to spend our money for food. And, mm-hmm. um, and, and so when you, when, when you, you think of it in that, in, in that realm, it, it is a faith issue, this issue of addiction. Now, because addiction, addiction for the most part is a bad habit that we mm-hmm. have developed over time. And I'm not a doctor, so I'm in no way minimizing any kind of physiological issues, any kind of, um, you know, mental type of things that, that need, because we have broken minds and we have broken bodies. And so, you know, th- mm-hmm. those things, those things are always a place um, uh, that we always have to leave room for that, but not to the point where they, where we would think that physiologically and, and uh, mentally and emotionally and all that is greater than faith in God. Uh, because okay. if, if we believe God at his word, then we're going to live according to our beliefs. And there is a, so let's speak about, let's speak about a couple things and see if, if it might help. There, there's a difference between the sin of gluttony and being overweight. True. Because sometimes we, uh, we unfortunately and incorrectly equate being overweight with automatically eating too much. Um, mm-hmm. But that's not always the case. Bodies are different. Body types are different. How we metabolize food is different. And, and so we could be, we, we could be um, living a life of discipline when it comes to food and not committing the sin of gluttony and still not um, be in some kind of category that was created that says this is a healthy weight. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. so, so as we're walking through this, we need to look at what our habits are specifically with food. Because a person might uh, say, I'm not going to be gluttonous anymore. And, um, and so I'm going I'm to eat wisely. I'm going to eat healthy. I'm going to, and God gives great victory in that. And yet they see no physical, tangible change in their body. Mm-hmm. And, and that, that can mess with your head. You're like, well, wait a minute. Um, because that's what people, you know, in, in our cruel world that we're in, they say, uh, Hey, uh, if you, how do you lose weight? Well, just, just quit eating. Well, mm-hmm. come on. That, that's not necessarily, uh, that's not, that's not the most, um, yeah, what's the word I want? I'm, I'm, my mind is just working a lot slower today, but it's, it's doesn't necessarily follow. And right, when it comes right. back to just the personal, you know, f- for me, I know, um, I know that if I made a commitment to fast and I mm-hmm. choose to break that fast, that I made that choice of my own free will. Sure. And I, and I didn't keep my commitment to the Lord. And mm-hmm. let's just mm-hmm. say it what it is. Let's not make excuses for it. Cause I know that when we have churchwide fasts, I always warn people, Hey, look, if you, if you give in, just pick up after the fact and, and don't condemn yourself. Um, mm-hmm. but I'm, but I'm, but I'm not advocating not paying attention to yourself. And, and why would you, and why did you choose to break your covenant or your commitment to the Lord by eating when you said you wouldn't? Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. And so let's reduce it all down. Just I'm thinking out loud here, but let's reduce it down. The Bible says, and God reveals, that 
he has given us all things pertaining to life and godliness through the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Peter tells us that. And that a fruit of the Spirit, according to Galatians, is self-control. And self-control speaks directly to the addictive properties of eating, alcohol, you know, cigarettes, marijuana, all the things that, that have a, a way of messing with our head and messing with our brains um, mm-hmm. and causing us to want it more and desire more. You know, the people that make uh, food, they put things in it to make it addictive physiologically. Right. They're not thinking on the spiritual realm. They're thinking on the physiological realm. You know, nicotine's put into cigarettes to make them addictive. Um, mm-hmm. on and on that list goes. Um, I, I spent a considerable amount of my life, uh, before I got saved. Um, I could use the word addicted to alcohol. You know, I made the choice to drink alcohol and it was, I presented myself to that sinful substance and it wrecked my life. Mm-hmm. And, and I can't blame it on the alcohol. I have right. to blame it on myself. I wrecked my life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when, and, and I, so I'm taking you on my own journey. When I heard the gospel and I brought my hopeless situation to this church, which I didn't even want to be in church, but, but I truly was living in a hopeless situation. If, if things didn't change, I, I would have died an early death or been in jail for doing stupid things. I was, it, it was a, uh, not everybody is like this, you know, not every, not everybody was like this. I even had friends that were able to handle their drinking uh, even in their drunkenness in the sense of not getting as much trouble as I did. Um, and and yet they were just as hopeless. But in mine, it manifested in very destructive, self-destructive behavior. I walked into a church, um, hopeless, not expecting really anything to be, I didn't even expect God to speak to my drinking. Um, I didn't even know what to expect, really. But when the pastor told me about the love of God, and and he mentioned that there was true freedom by faith in Jesus Christ, even though I don't, I didn't know everything. I didn't understand all that he was saying. I believed him. I believed I, I got a Bible cause I didn't even own one. I began to read the Bible. And when I read it, I believed it. And now here I am 27 years later living a life of self-control when it comes to alcohol, uh, when it comes to anger, uh, when it comes, not that I don't have episodes, not, not necessarily with drinking. I haven't drank in 27 years, but um, with other things, it's not that I have perfect self-control, but but I do know that when I don't have self-control, I am a fleshly man. It is solely on me, and I take full responsibility for that sinful behavior for being in the flesh, and it's just a matter of faith. Mm. Matter of faith. Do you believe? Because you, when I shared before, building on our last conversation, you, you and I, we do what we want to do, and our wants are built upon our beliefs. Mm. It, it, what we believe, well, our good wants, because we have sinful wants as well, so that's the battle of the flesh and the spirit. And right. how do we submit to the Holy Spirit? We obey mm. God. Every time we obey God, we are submitting to the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, you got the prompting today to call. And we would have never had this conversation had you not picked up the phone, dialed the number, and got on the air. And we kind of take it for granted that, that, well, of course, that's what we do. But in reality, I think you were prompted by the Holy Spirit to make this call. You didn't call yesterday when Nate was on. You called today. 
And I believe um, you you were prompted by the Holy Spirit and you obeyed and you get a little glimpse this conversation is the fruit of the Spirit in your life. Okay. You know, you could choose to listen to country music today, which would be a horrible decision, but you could choose that. And <laughs> But you didn't. You had this station that. on. right? You know, and so life is a series of choices. And when it comes to food and, and the sin of gluttony, you know, you may not feel like these choices are significant in the beginning uh, when you say, um, like, for example, they brought, um, we had a, a, a sweet young woman that volunteers in our church. Um, she brought in these gourmet muffins to bless the staff today. And, and, and my, my weakness has always been candy and sweets. Um, but I just got back from a trip. I had a little more ice cream than I normally do because I wanted to eat safe things in a foreign country. Uh, and so I had McDonald's way more. I don't eat that or not here hardly ever, but it's a safe thing to eat in a foreign country. So I had it like three times and I had ice cream just about every day. And then the last day I was playing with some of the missionaries kids and, uh, you know, I had more sweets than I normally do. So I made a conscious decision when I got back that I'm just going to wind down sweets and things. And then these muffins were here the first day I'm back in the office. Right. And, yeah. and I didn't have any. And I can express appreciation for her to bring them in and thank you. And, and many people, um, it, it would, I don't think it would have been a sin for me at all. I think I could have enjoyed them. There was a carrot cake one there that even, even when I was leaving today, um, I went to the break room and the rest of them that were there and they were still there. I opened the box. I looked at them. They look good. They still look good. Um, but, but in, you know, and I didn't even say, Oh Lord, help me not to have a muffin. I just, I had made a commitment and I walked, I just didn't have one. Right. And, and I'm going to think that those babies were probably over a thousand calories each. That's how good they were with all the icing and they were gourmet. And, uh, this is right up my alley, especially with carrot cake and, and, um, and I didn't, but my son just had a birthday and there's a sweet woman, um, in the fellowship that makes these homemade cookies. Uh, and, and so when I got home on Monday, my, you know, I said, happy birthday and everything. And, and I had a piece of the cookie. So, you know, it, I didn't eat the whole thing though, but I had a piece of it. I enjoyed it. I had a couple mm-hmm. pieces of it. Josh doesn't even know that, but I took a couple pieces of it. And, and so you, if you, if you fail, you don't condemn yourself. If mm-hmm. you're successful, you don't take credit. You just live mm-hmm. abiding day by day. And I know that if this is something personal that you're dealing with, as you turn your attention toward the Lord and you make this a priority in your life to, um, you make this a priority in your life to submit your body to him, God will honor it. Whatever the outcome is, don't equate it with, well, you know, I'm going to lose X amount of pounds or uh, it's not the outcome that we're looking for. It's the immediate obedience. And when you have a life of a series of immediate obedient decisions, over time you look back and you say, oh my, because I have my own testimony. I was very large many years ago and um, because I had just become careless with my eating habits and I didn't exercise. And even the young guys that were exercising around me, you know, I would, I would kind of make fun of them and say, oh, bodily exercise profits a little. And uh, until a series of events, we were coming up on the end of the show, so I don't have a chance to do that. But a, a series of events and, and some brother, a brother in our church just really cared about my health. Um, I began to care about my kids and my 
ministry that if I'm unhealthy, I won't be able to minister well. And, and I dropped all that weight, uh, and it's been off for, for years. And now, um, you know, I'm, I'm very careful. I'm not paranoid about it, but I'm very careful on how I eat, what I eat. And, and I work out six, seven times a day. I mean, a week. (laughs) I pray that will be my testimony. (laughs) <laughs> and, and I'm telling you, I was the laziest. When it came to working out, I was lazy. Um, it was solely on me. It was 100% me. And I and when it comes to this part of my life, this new discipline that God gave me, uh, it is it is different than it was just you know I, I would say um, eight years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really want it to be of the spirit. I know that in the flesh, I I make some. Um, some, you know, some good steps, and then it always fails. So it needs to be of the spirit. Little by little. Well, let's let's ruminate on this for a while because we're thirty seconds from the show, and then call oh, back, and we'll take you. the next step. Okay, I appreciate it. Ed. All right, God bless you. You too. Bye bye. Hey, we're coming up on the end of the show. Great discussion. You know, I even have a I have a little bit more even to share on that um, in terms of my own testimony uh, and just how God really encouraged me. But we're up for today. Uh, Time's up. So God bless you guys. Thanks for the privilege of being a part of your life today. Have a great night. See you at church tonight. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.